Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Our reading today comes from Luke chapter 18. He told us this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. So for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Well, grace and peace to each of you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. So I want to begin this morning. I, uh, this week I ended up at uh, Menards doing some uh, shopping for Home Depot, you know, honey-do list kind of projects, and kind of trying to check off some of those things that I've been waiting all summer to do and procrastinating on. And so I ended up kind of wandering through Menards by myself for a little while and uh, ended up... Uh, wandering through these kind of narrow aisles. And so if you've been into Menards, you know there's some points where the aisles are so narrow that two carts barely fit through. And so not thinking, I kind of turned the corner, headed down the aisle, and sure enough, there's a gentleman sitting there. Um, But I have to back up just one step. So it's our habit in our family that when we get out of the car, because our kids aren't vaccinated, we want to teach them a good lesson. And so we tend to wear masks when our kids go in, just as kind of good habit. And so when I got out of the car that day, not even thinking by myself, I got out, slapped a mask on, and I walked in the store. And so I got in, did my thing, turned the corner, and sure enough, this gentleman is sitting there in the middle of the aisle. And I thought, okay, you know, typical Minnesota uh, protocol here is, oh, excuse me, and we move our cart off to the side so someone can get, bit, get by, right? It's pretty good practice. Well, so this gentleman did, and he followed everything up until the moment he got to his cart. Oh, excuse me. And he shuffled over to his cart, and he moved it. And then he looked at me. And when he looked at me, he stared me right in the face for a period of time. And what happens? He doesn't move his cart. And I thought, okay, what is going on? What is, what's, what's wrong with this guy that he's not willing to move out of the way for somebody coming by? But the difference between he and I, I had a mask and he didn't. And I thought, okay, 
this is kind of weird. This is really odd. And I thought to myself, well, the nerve of this guy, like what is going on? Well, I kind of did the, you know, Minnesota passive aggressive. And I sat and I tapped on my cart while waiting in line for the guy. And I was like, eventually he's going to get the hint and move, right? Well, he kept shopping. And every once in a while, I'd turn back and he'd look at me, and then he'd keep shopping. And eventually, he just moved. He went on and moved out of his way. And I thought, okay, this is kind of interesting. But then I found myself stewing all night and into the next day, like, what is it with these people? Why do they do this thing? But she noticed something. I made a judgment very, very quickly on why he was upset with me. Well, why is it that he's upset? Why is he mad? Is it about the mask? Is it maybe is me? What did I do wrong? But I made a judgment, but I think he did too. And I think one of the challenges is how do we as people put ourselves in a place where we continuously think about those people over there? You see, those people do things that kind of grate on us. They drive us a little bit nuts. And I think our natural tendency as people is to say, well, this is me, and those are them, and, and this is how it's going to be. And we place a judgment before we get to know those people. And so I want you to think for a little bit about, well, what does it mean for us as people of God to be for those people? You see, I love to believe that I have good intentions, but it's very easy to snap to a response. And I think all of us are kind of ingrained this way. A reading today comes from this uh, text in Luke, and it starts with this idea of a Pharisee and a tax collector, an us and them, who go to the temple to pray. The Pharisee um, is this kind of pious, devoted, religious expert. Their job is really to make sure that people live out their faith the way they're supposed to, and they hold people to a certain standard, both themselves and others. But this Pharisee goes and prays, and he says, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, like thieves and rogues and, uh, and adulterers, or even like this tax collector over here. In other words, his prayer is genuine. God, thank you for keeping me out of trouble. Thank you for keeping me in a good place with you. But here's the reality. He also prays, God, thank you that I'm not like those people. Both a good prayer and a challenge for us as people of God. You see, those people are deeply difficult to get along with. Those people think differently than you. And in this world, we can all agree, we spent a lot of time with differences of opinions. They have a different personality, those coworkers who drive you nuts, right? Those people who grate on your every nerve. Or, my favorite as of this week, those people are the people who call you 10 times a day to talk to you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> right? Those people start to just absolutely grate on us as people. And we're stuck with this question about what do we do with those people? You know, the reality for us right now is those people are Republicans or Democrats. They're masked or not. They're vaccinated or not. The list is endless. But we stopped seeing those people 
as God's people. Those people cause us to point a finger at what it is that we assume to be true rather than what it is out of an act of love. Now, I left this piece up here this morning. Maybe you caught this. There is this statue that has sat on the pulpit of the sanctuary in our church for the last however many years. It's been there a long time. And I have been fascinated by this little piece of artwork, and you can see it. Our online audience will get a kind of first shot at this. Um, but they'll get a chance to see this piece of artwork. Now, you may have kind of noticed this. It's an image of a homeless person sitting on a bench. And the artist by Timothy Schmalz, a, a Canadian artist, created this piece to draw attention to those people in his community who are feeling neglected or mistreated. He had hoped to draw attention to those people. And the reality is, boy, did it ever. The honest thing is, as soon as the piece was installed in any one of the cities that it was created to be in, what happened within the first few days is police were getting called. They were being called to draw attention to this homeless person sleeping on the bench. And Timothy kind of wonders aloud, what does that mean for us as people to know that something is going on? Most people's intentions probably weren't good. They didn't call looking for the best in people. They wanted to draw attention to get rid of this site. But what I find most fascinating about this, uh, this image is that if you look really close, shrouded around the head of this person, the hands is a blanket covering their body. But if you look at the feet, there are nail holes in the feet. And most people miss the image of Jesus in the other when they only pay attention to the those people moments, the thing that makes them very uncomfortable. And so I think this kind of challenge for us to think about as people of God, when do we see the other and when do we see Jesus in the other? You see, Jesus' ministry is for the outcasts, the outsiders, the ones who fall on the margins of life and who really become those people that make us uncomfortable. But here's the other part of the story. In our text, we talk about the Pharisee, this person who prays, God, I'm, I'm glad I'm not like those people. And then we end up with this tax collector whose profession by all accounts is to spend time and energy with the corrupt, the, the people who wanted to take money from the poor. His job was to go to the people on the outsides and collect money. And by all accounts, he was not worthy of being in this church life. But this, this tax collector comes and he beats his chest and he says, God, be merciful to me, for I'm a sinner. Be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. So the question in our reading this morning is, which one are we? The one who points out those people or simply one of those people? You see, I think in times we're both. That in times we sit in this space of sinner and saint where we see Jesus is for those people and we have to wrestle with this question of what do we do with this? You see, I think so often our action is to judgment versus curiosity. That we spend our time going, oh yeah, this is what I know, instead of saying, 
how do I know you better? And how do I lean into who you are? When we say that Jesus is for those people, what we really mean is Jesus is for us, for all of us. All are welcome is the mantra of this congregation. All are welcome means that the saint and sinner in each of us is welcome here. So I have a couple of questions that kind of round us out and end our sermon today. What would happen if only for a moment we figured out how to be for those people? What would it look like to be for the people that are hard to love, hard to get along with, or hard to approach, and wonder aloud who they are called to be? It's hard to be judgmental when asking questions. So what would happen if we spent time discovering more about these people that grate on our every nerve and ask better questions? Well, why do you think that way? Or, I'm curious what you mean by that. To discover at the heart of people their good intention and the place that God has called them to be loved by us. When we ask the question, what are we for? We also have to ask this question, and it's a very tough one, but who are we for? Those that make life very comfortable or those that challenge our status quo? And the reality is, yes, for all. You see, thanks be to God that we here now are deeply loved children of God, and those people that are hard to love are as well. Thanks be to God that we see Jesus in those that feel on the outside. And may we continue to see Jesus as we move forward as a community of faith into a world that feels pretty divisive. May we find that God is for those people, and that includes us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.